Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Build Amazing Things Securely. I'm Laura Belmain, and I will be your host again today. Today, we are joined by not somebody out in industry, but somebody from the academic space. I'm very excited. Now, um, I'm going to give you a bit of background story because um, I think this one's interested. Podcasts, you know, finding good guests for them is kind of hard. And so um, Antonio, who's our guest today, um, I saw some cool stuff he was doing on Twitter of all places and like some crazy stalker person then sent him messages going, hey, you should be on my podcast before it was even really launched into the world. So kudos for Antonio for not thinking uh, I was a crazy person ignoring me and coming to chat with us today. Um, but hopefully by the end of this, you'll understand why I was so excited. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest, uh, Antonio Lucuicio. Um now, uh, welcome, Antonio. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Now, um, as you all know, fellow travelers and podcast friends, um, I don't read out bios. It's really boring. So, Antonio, who are you as a human? Yeah, so like my name is Antonio and uh, I'm a postdoc at UC Berkeley. Um, I'm also an incoming faculty at University of Pennsylvania. So next year, I'm going to start my own lab. Um, wow. I'm sorry, that that's new information. So I get to say congratulations on your new job. That's fantastic. Well done. Thank you very much. I literally just accepted two days ago. So it's like pretty fresh news. Wow. Uh, I generally am a roboticist. So like I like to put things that work in the real world. And in particular, the area that I work on is robot learning. So I see how machine learning approaches like deep learning uh, can be useful for robots operating in the real world. That's, That's very cool. And this yeah. is team why I wanted to talk to Antonio. Um, as yeah. you'll know from previous episodes, I have a soft spot for robots. Um, I think they're awesome. Um, and um, what caught my attention was work that Antonio was doing with, I believe it was robot vision and navigating environments. Could you talk us through your work a little, Antonio? Um, what kind of things are you doing with robots and what are the applications of them? Yeah, sure. So robotics is a huge field. Like uh, you could say actually like extending a bit that even an elevator is a robot. Like whatever takes some input and transforms it in an actuation, some output is technically a robot. The robot that I'm particularly interested in are mobile robots. So kind of robots that move from A to B. And the ones that I've been working with are drones, so essentially these like flying machines and, uh, and legged robots. Also, this is a quite large field. And the part that I'm interested in, so like the subfield of that uh, is high performance robotics. So I try to build and design robots that go from A to B as fast and as reliably as possible. Awesome. And what kind of, so it's, it's called such a, a vast area. So when we say going from A to B, what kinds of environments are we talking about here? Are we talking about like a, you know, a controlled test environment, you know, with nothing in it, just a big blank white room? Or what are the environments we're really playing with here? Okay, thanks. That's a, that's a very important question, like, because most of the research, like, uh, before me, um, has looked in, into this high-performance robotics uh, uh, navigation uh, going from A to B in very, very controlled environment, a lab. 
but my main contribution has been taking this out of lab controlled environments. Kind of my drones fly at a very high speed in forest, disaster scenarios, airplane hangars, like everywhere like uh, that, you know, it's possible to go, my drones can go and fly. And similarly, my legged robots is not doing any controlled experiment uh, in a lab environment. It's just out walking in the Berkeley campus uh, with me just watching that it does not, uh, you know, like fall or, uh, um, yeah, gets into any problem. But overall, like, it's everything in the wild, as natural conditions as it can get. Uh, this is very exciting. Now, I have to just pause for a, a silly question, Antonio. Forgive me. Um, have you named your robots? Uh, the drones, we name them after uh, uh, maybe sometimes birds, like we oh, have cool. hop, eagle, and, uh, and the legged robot. Uh, um, now we don't have names for them. So oh, the... I feel that's a missed opportunity. Maybe yeah. Maybe our listeners can think of a name for the legged robot. Um, okay, well, so we've got drones here and we've got legged robots. I feel like we should talk about both of them. Now, I'm a security person, um, I'm not a robot person, but, you know, what I like to do in the world is try and think about, you know, the awesome technology, but also where security or safety might fit into that. So how at the moment do you communicate with your drones or your legged robots? Um, it, is it, you know, uh, just ad hoc when you're uploading software or talk me through how the connection from you as the engineer who's, you know, building the software, I assume, and, and the machine itself? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So um, essentially the robots are completely autonomous. So like at deployment time, the only communication is when you hit the start button and and the stop button these are kind of the two things that are uh, that are in control there is no much interference in between because all computation and all sensing is on board so complete autonomy of course like there is much more uh, um, like control during development mm. so you know like when you are at the beginning of the algorithm of the development of the algorithm you are not sure if anything goes work all data pass from the robot to my computer, they get analyzed, they get back to the robot. So the kind of there is this, uh, these cycles uh, that, you know, make sure that everything is, is as expected. I think there's going to be folks in the audience who find this concept probably quite exciting and a little bit scary because as software engineers, we're used to the idea that, you know, we're quite in control, we're quite in contact with our software at all times. So, the idea of building software for something that is, you know, physically navigating the environment with people and other things in it um, and kind of trusting what you've built to be able to press a start button and just let it go. How does that feel as an engineer? Is it exciting? Yeah, that's, I think, extremely, extremely exciting. Um, I mean, the nice thing, well, the nice and bad thing about the real world is that you don't have uh, like strict guarantees of what will happen because you cannot control the real world. Like if you would be able to predict the future, then uh, I would definitely not be doing robotics. I would <laughs> no, absolutely. You'd be on a secret <laughs> island somewhere, I would imagine. So like for this, like, of course, like you can do, you can do many things. You can do statistical empirical tests and see, you know, how, what is the probability of a failure? 
Um, what are the cases in which the failure is most probable? Uh, so like you can do a lot of tests to make sure that everything is as expected, but you will never know 100% with um, 100% uh, probability that everything will go well. That's, mm. that's the real world. So uh, kind of like talking about that and, and understanding what is happening on the, on the robot and, and in the world around it while it's out navigating a space, do you have a, a stream of data coming back from it that, you know, tells you what its sensors are doing and things, or do you have to just get that at the end? How, how much visibility do you have, even if you don't retain control? So like at deployment time, there is essentially little to none because wow. it, the drone can be very, very far away from the starting position. Right, we have some flight experiment in which the drone travels for hundreds of meters, and you know at that point, like you, you literally you can barely see it anymore. Wow. So like there is no data coming uh, coming back, but the drone sees. Right, there is a kind of camera in the front. This camera like sends information on the onboard processor, which you know takes decision on which action to take and so on in a loop. So. Yeah, this is kind of the situation for uh, for drones and for legged robots is similar. Even though the advantage with legged robots that are not as fast and it's easy kind of to work close to them for uh, you know in case you want to make sure that everything is all right. Mm. This is really it's fascinating to me because you know I think you know I, I'm a sci-fi nerd. I love you know watching movies, watching TV shows, like most of us out there. And I think you always imagine that there, there's this continuous, I, I can see what my robot is doing, like they do in the movies, you know, I can, you know, I'm there right with it, even though it's doing its own thing. Um, and so, you know, as a security person, when I, you know, when I look at a system, things I'm looking for is how much control do I have and how much visibility do I have that a bad thing is happening. But in this scenario, you're having to trust your software to a very high degree. What? What kind of risks do your your robots face when they're in these environments? Um, what kind of things commonly go wrong? I think the biggest uh, source of problems uh, is the unpredictability of uh, of the real world, uh, both mm -hmm. in terms of you know the kind of obstacles and scene that you can encounter, or uh, like in terms of interaction with with other agents, like and. From this, I mean either humans or other biological agents like birds. <laughs> so, like these kind of things are very difficult to predict and to test with, and and therefore, like they are a source of error. Like, let me make like an example uh, from like my own experience. Um, like, for example, we noticed that like oh, our drone when flying fast uh, in in forest was attracting uh, some uh, some other animals, some other birds, um, sometimes running away. Uh, I mean, sometimes the birds would run away from it. Some other times, like, they were curious and they were getting closer. So kind of, you know, this complex interaction would, would be a problem because we didn't train for, like, uh, this dynamic agent. So and we were afraid that we would go and crash into one of them. Luckily, not, none of this happened. Like um, most of the birds run away, but you know, like 
this could have been a problem. And mm -hmm. similarly, now we have a project with legged robots in which our legged robot kind of, you know, is walking around campus and, and people are curious. Like you walk on campus, you see like something that looks like a dog, but is kind of made of steel that walks around. You get curious, you get closer. And, you know, like maybe the robot is not used to that kind of motion as an obstacle. So it might go and like bump into you. If you are like an adult, that's no problem. But if there's a kid, that could be a problem. So kind of this is the unpredictability. The fact that, uh, you know, you cannot go observe the world and then uh, like test everything and decide what to do. Like mm -hmm. when the robot is inside the world, it will change the world itself. And like this couple connection is extremely difficult to test. That's but so cool. <laughs> I, I, firstly, I'm, I'm just amused at the idea that birds would come and follow the little flying robots. And I'm, I, I don't know why that surprises me, but I think it's beautiful in its own special little way. Um, and yeah, absolutely. You know, when you think about the size of the legged robots, um, you know, how, how tall is this robot? Let's give a, because obviously we can't see one right now, but could you describe it physically? How big are we talking here? Yeah, like the leg robot uh, is probably half a meter tall and uh, um, one meter long. Yeah. So it's kind of not too big. It's the size of, uh, I would say, small to medium size uh, dog. Yeah. And how much does it weigh? Just out of interest. Uh, approximately 10 kgs. Oh, okay, cool. So kind of lighter than a, a child of that size. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So what are the applications of these then? So obviously you're an academic, you are rocking that space and you know, that's very exciting. So what is the hope that these, both the flying and the legged robots, what are they going to be used for? What are the applications? Well, I think there are several, uh, several ap applications. Um, the, like for, like for drones, the, the application, like, uh, for example, delivery, like imagine getting your Amazon package as fast as possible. Uh, surveillance, um, you know, like if you want to make sure, I don't know that in the Berkeley campus, uh, nothing bad happen at all time. You can imagine like stream of drones, like going around and walking and, uh, um, for legged robots, like you have kind of similar idea, similar application, but you could do, for example, you could go where drones cannot go. Mm. Uh, you could like this for it. If you have to do like a delivery, like for the last mile delivery, like a drone could, you know, arrive close to your house, but not be able to like go inside, like or very close to. I don't know, like your porch, maybe because it, it could, the rotors could damage uh, some of your furniture. So mm. you could, you know, a legged robot, like making the last mile, like uh, walking up the stair, like leaving the thing and, and, and going back. And similarly, you know, another very important application is in, uh, in search and rescue. Like imagine a disaster scenario where kind of things like break, uh, all the time. And then like you can imagine legged robots to do, like, um, well, sorry, uh, drones to, to search for like survival on a large scale. And whenever something is identified, a legged robot could be sent to like either help the person or like find, uh, find exactly where the person is, not only in a range such that the rescue team can arrive. But mm. overall, like, I think these mobile robots, uh, 
the goal of mobile robots is increase our life, um, um, the productivity of our industry and of our life. So yeah, and, and, and you know the, some of those use cases are super important. I, I'm not denying you know getting packages fast is is important, but definitely that search and rescue you can imagine the improvements to outcomes if you can safely get into an environment without sending a person in um, to kind of understand the situation, the safety first. Um, yeah. So just as a mechanical thing, I, I find myself pondering, you know, like, so if we think about the things that could go wrong, we've got, you know, our, our other birds and things are having a party in the sky with our drones. And we've got, you know, the physical impact of unknown obstacles in our, uh, for our legged robots. Are there any other risks that we have to think of when we're deploying robots out into the world? Um, so, you know, how easy is it to connect to them at a, you know, a software level um, and interfere with what they're doing? Um, yeah, that's kind of another possibility with the robots that we use right now, which are research robot, is probably not too difficult like, because mm. there is essentially just uh, a Wi-Fi connection. But uh, I think at, the, at an industrial level, it, like it's possible to cut all connection off. Like since this is an autonomous uh, like uh, machine, you can imagine like that you can only get threaded, uh, you know, like can have a cable mm -hmm. going into the robot when you start and a cable going into the robot when you stop. So like if you want to be safe, like from like connection, like autonomous robots are really the best because they don't need to get out. Um, but of course, like this is uh, maybe an extreme case, like even mm -hmm. an autonomous robots might want to, you know, go to the internet and see if there is any update, uh, mm -hmm. uh, connect to radio to, I don't know, speak with, uh, uh, communicate with the safety team. So all of these things could be a risk, uh, can mm -hmm. be happy if, if if people want but um yeah this this is another another possibility of risk is not the risk that uh, like we are now working on yeah because a absolutely we're still far a away from the deployment we're still at yeah. and i think that's what excites me about this it's we're looking at a technology at its early stages um you know the stages where we're doing you know the big innovative pieces around getting its job done um, and the path ahead of it, uh, no pun intended, given it's a legged robot, um, is it involves us putting some controls and safety in place so that it can go out into the world and not just one or two of them, but hopefully one day at scale um, from what you're describing here. Um, do you think, you know, where does your research go next? So where, what what are the challenges that you believe need to be solved in this before we can get to the like deployment challenges of getting this you know out in the world at scale yeah um so I, it has to be said that robotics is uh, uh, robotics in the wild in particular is uh, a very young field like we literally started putting things out uh, like very recently and there are still plenty of technical problems to be solved before we even have like, you know, a solid demo of, uh, you know, things working uh, out in the wild. And yeah, the challenges like are, are technical, like for example, uh, you know, 
what happens, uh, what do you do if you are in a place uh, or in a condition that you have never seen before? How do you use your previous knowledge uh, to account for uh, like this new condition? Um, what do you do with humans, uh, which are kind of, you know, the, the classic problem? What do you do with other animals? So like all of these things, they are kind of still pure, uh, purely in the scientific, uh, scientific realm. And we have we have no solution for it. So you know it will it will take time. Like I'm, but I'm confident that this is gonna be something like five to ten years, and it's not gonna be twenty years. And the reason that I'm confident is because uh, like robots in more controlled uh, situations, like for example on streets, uh, are already autonomous. Like here in SF, uh, like I can take a um, like a driverless. Uh, um, and driverless uh, taxi to go from one place of the other of the city. Um, most of the time it works, sometimes it doesn't, but still, you know, I could do it. And you, but streets are a controlled environment, mm. right? To, like, you know, most people, like, you know, most cars go in one direction or the other. Okay, there could be pedestrians. There are uh, other cases, but these are controlled environment. So, like, I extrapolating on that, I assume that in five to ten years we will see like more and more robots, you know, around. That's us. very cool, and perhaps a little bit of a challenge for our listeners at home is, you know, perhaps there are robots in your world that you're probably not even seeing, just because you're just used to them being there. Um, I came across one at um, Heathrow Airport in London. That um, that robot's job is there to clean the airport, um, and it just zooms around between people, cleaning up messes and things. And I think that was probably the first autonomous robot I'd seen out in the wild in a public place. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, go and have a look around. And I, I, I think I agree with you there, Antonio. You know, it feels like progress is very fast in this space. Um, I look forward to a conversation between us at some point where we're talking about the problems of having too many robots in an environment uh, and how they interact with each other, because no doubt that will be one of the later challenges once we get to scale. So if I was to recap, I'm just going to pull out some of the security messages here just just to make sure that we kind of think about this. Firstly, robots are cool. Let's let's face it. Let's robots are awesome. The flying types, legged types and the applications are awesome. But this is software and this is technology that's very, very new and it is operating on its own environment. So now, there's a, an old risk we talk about in security, of physical security risk, you know, where if you get physical access to something, then you can, you know, influence it uh, to the highest degree. And I think right now in robots, that might well be the case. Um, and so there are many of our old school security challenges are going to apply to this new space, too. Um, and much like previous guests where we talked about functional safety, there's a big functional safety aspect to this, too, because... Some of our biggest challenges in the space are the uh, unpredictable elements like us, humans. So, Antonio, if you were going to put your crystal ball to use, if you were going to look into the future, what what is the what is the the big kind of if I was to talk to you again in 15, 20 years, what is the big technology that comes after this? What is what does this enable for you? Hmm. Big technology, like, can you maybe refine a little bit the question? Big technology in, in which... So, you know, so we, we've got our robots that have got very defined purposes now. Are we talking mm -hmm. that robots will take us to Mars and colonize? Are we talking, you know, what is the, if you were to put your big sci-fi future-looking hat on, 
though less pragmatic and more fantasy. Um, what technology do you think this is going to enable in 15 to 20 years and which part are you going to be playing in it? Are you going to be inventing? What's the dream? What did young Antonio want to be um, designing with his robots? Yeah, like, um, well, um, since we are just kind of now uh, imagining stuff, mm -hmm. I, I believe that like my work is going to um, open the door to a future where we don't have to do any any work anymore and we can just relax uh, on uh, you know like i'm i'm italian i come from the south of italy so like uh, in italy we have this saying it's called la dolce vita which means kind of the sweet life you just enjoy your life like you know go to the beach relax um yeah this is kind of the future where uh, I hope we are going to go through, where we can all relax all the time and robots are going to do all the hard work, all the production that we need to, you know, like survive in terms of food, like economy, everything. And we can just use our time to, well, either relax or uh, like engage in uh, uh, creative uh, um, like things like, you know, arts, uh, or like writing or doing math, you know, whatever, whatever one wants. So that's, that's, a, that's a pretty beautiful dream. I like that. Um, so, you know, let's round it out a bit. Firstly, Antonio, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your work. We're all excited to see where it goes. Um, what's the best place for people to follow along the work that you do in robotics? Is there a, is there a way to follow up with you afterwards? Yeah, sure. Like I mostly share like my uh, biggest result on uh, on Twitter so like feel free to follow me there and uh, you'll see fancy videos at least a couple of times a year awesome I love a good fancy video um, so do follow along uh, Antonio's journey uh, both at Berkeley right now and, and later as his faculty member position uh, comes uh, next academic year so that's very very cool um, and for those who are listening at home, have a think about this. Have a think about what the challenges might be if you were going to do security with robots. Um, it's not about the likelihood of you doing that in your day-to-day -day job, but every time we expand our vision a little bit and we look at a technology we've never thought about before, we come up with something new. We come up with a new way for us to think about technology and security, and that makes us better at whatever we apply to it to in the real world. So uh, remember to like and subscribe and all of those kind of things. Um, and if you've got any suggestions for future guests, whether it's from space to fashion to esports and finance, uh, please do send them in. Thank you so much, and we'll see you all again soon.